From the STEM Global Action Studios in New Orleans, this is the Let's Talk STEM with SGA's Dr. Calvin Mackey podcast. STEM Global Action is a national leader in creating STEM-based learning activities and delivering them virtually and in communities around the globe to students' grades K through 12. Welcome to Let's Talk STEM with Dr. Calvin Mackey. We're very excited to bring you another informative episode. In today's conversation, we're going to talk to an amazing STEM leader who works at the intersection of STEM education as well as business. And she'll, we'll talk about some of her career and, and uh, personal highlights and spotlight this leader in the field. I'm Ken Sane, your moderator for today. But before we get started with our guests, it is always a pleasure to introduce our host and leader, Dr. Calvin Mackey. What is up, my brother, Dr. Mackey? Hey, how you doing, Ken? I'm, uh, welcome to the audience. I am so excited today to have my friend, Monica Lee Foley, here today. So I'm not going to hold it up because this is going to be an amazing conversation from an amazing person. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Monica. So let's, let's get right to it. So you have had an amazing career and with big time impressive successes. You are an actual rocket scientist. <laughs> You're also an advocate for young people who seek to know more about careers in STEM. Please tell us your story and how you came to love math and science. And when did you know you could have a career doing the things you love? Thank you so much, Dr. Mackey, for inviting me to participate in your podcast. This is a necessary essential for our community that you have such a platform to scaffold the dreams of little girls that look like me and little boys that look like you guys. Thank you, Ken, thank you so kindly, Ken, for that gracious introduction. So for as long as I can remember, I have loved science and mathematics. Loved, loved, loved. I was the child that wanted to take things apart to figure out how they worked and could most times put them back together again. But I had parents that supported uh, that vision and that very unique gift and talent that I believe was just organically instilled in me. My, my dad was a U.S. Marine and my mom was an elementary school teacher. So I did not grow up in a house filled with scientists, engineers, or rocket scientists. But I did grow up in a family that was supportive and communicative, and they enabled my dreams to become reality. Uh, great. Uh, now, Monica, uh, and, and that is beautiful, right? And I want you to touch more on that community piece because uh, I know you're from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, now, were, were you a Timbuktu baby? I was a Timbuktu Academy student at the Southern University in the Department of Physics. Um, under the expert tutelage of Dr. Uh, Diola Bagioko. And so um, he instilled that your best is not enough. Um, he instilled that your best is your starting point and you continue to grow in every aspect of your career and so academia. When, so when did that start? I mean, you was, I mean, you was doing these, well, the point is that, you know, you talked about your family and you grew up in this family that was very supportive, but there were programs in a community that uh, supported the family's mission for you. Yeah. So when did that start? How did, when did you start getting into STEM from a programmatic standpoint? So Dr. Mackey, this is an interesting story of how I became a physics undergraduate major. So, you know, I attended um, Scotlandville Magnet High School, which is the engineering magnet high school in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 
um, by my sophomore year of high school, I knew that I only wanted to stay in high school one more year and then leave. I didn't need to stay my, my senior year of high school. Um, my guidance counselor at that time uh, actually advised me against skipping my senior year of high school because she said I would miss the senior prom. Now, <laughs> I had a sister right, that had graduated high school in three years. So I knew that's what I wanted to do. And for no other reason, because that was the standard that had already been set in our household. Um, and besides, I had already gone to prom since, you know, freshman year. So it wasn't a big deal to me to miss the senior prom. Um, so I took my transcript to the Southern University the summer of what would have been leading up to my senior year of high school. And I enrolled because you don't need a high school diploma to enroll into university. You need a transcript that says you have satisfied the credits to graduate. Um, so walking on the, on, and, and you know what? I planned to go to med school. I wanted to major in nursing and go on to become a physician because I never believed in pre-med or pre-biology. That's to me, um, that wasn't the route. I needed a full degree going into another degree, right? So I'm literally walking by the physics building on the campus of Southern University and a student comes out and he's kidding, but he's serious. And he says, if anyone wants to major in physics, they are literally giving scholarships away. <laughs> the department has money and they will fund you fully. And I turn around and I say, are you kidding? He's like, no. So I go up to Dr. Baggio's office, have a conversation, provide him with transcripts. Um, and voila, I place get a full scholarship in physics at Southern University and I started off, which was the sophomore level classes at that time because of semester that I enrolled, I had never taken a physics course because you, you get physics your senior year of high school and I was never a senior in high school. But this avenue to have a free ride for an undergraduate degree doing something that I love, which was math and science was a win-win for me. And then it convinced my parents that, you know, skipping my senior year was really the right thing to do because, you know, it saved them. And I, as I say today, it saved y'all thousands and thousands of dollars that I did this. <laughs> and you didn't have to buy a fourth prom dress. So it just kind of worked <laughs> for everybody. Now, 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 Ken, I don't know if you caught it. The humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> I had been to the prom since ninth grade. You know, yeah. I caught that. No, I, I caught that. You know what I mean? I was, was going to let it lie, but I'm glad you picked it up. <laughs> Of all that, y'all talk about prom. Okay, you know. really. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I want to know. Like, okay, so you went to Southern and got your uh, your your undergrad in physics, yeah. and then you went to work at NASA. But to become chief of staff, I would imagine that you needed a different set of skills. Tell us how you did that. <laughs> so it's been quite a journey. I've been at NASA. Um, for nearly 25 years, like 24 and three fourths of a year. Um, and I started off um, as a flight controller for the International Space Station. I was there from the very beginning of the building or the assembly of the space station. Um, and I was responsible for the electrical power systems where I, I earned three certifications in that area, which was unheard of at the time. I was the first human being to do so, not the first female, not the first African-American, the first human to do so. Um, and after that, uh, you know, I worked console for 15 years, uh, shift work of, of building the assembly of the space station um, and went on to pursue uh, other challenges with, within the agency. I moved into training um, because I saw where there was a need um, to transform the way we trained astronauts and flight controllers. Um, and then I was asked 
uh, to join uh, the International Space Station Program Office, where I was responsible for the agency's largest international contract uh, valued at over $4 billion, where I managed negotiations between the US government and the Russian government on behalf of the space program. So I dealt with leaders at the Roscosmos Space Agency out of Moscow um, and Korolev. Um, I've traveled to Baikonur um, as I have paid for and negotiated uh, the purchase of Soyuz spacecraft seats for um, American astronauts to launch into space, uh, which up until uh, the human-rated spacecraft for the commercial crew program was the only access for U.S. humans to space after the retirement of the space shuttle. Um, and so it's, it's been a journey of, of progressive, um, I will say, proving grounds of my abilities. And somewhere in between there, Ken, I stopped at MIT to earn um, a master's in business administration. Um, and following graduation from MIT, I accepted the position of chief of staff at the NASA Johnson Space Center. Got it. Now, you know, we, we jumped to that chief of staff and people usually get at me, right? This old man said, man, you're always talking about Dr. Mackey. What the kids need to know is how you got to become Dr. Mackey. We, right. we see that doctor and that's, they're impressed with that and that's good. And before I move on, I don't want to skip over our, our hero our mentor, Dr. Bagioko, who's yes. probably responsible for so many black physicists in this country that we should build a statue to him. And I brought up the Timbuktu program on purpose because you know I'm Calvin Mackey and I'm doing STEM, but my model and role model, this has been Dr. Bagioko wow. at Southern University. And we gotta pay homage to those who've come before us and have not gotten the platform nor the recognition that they deserve so Dr. Bakioko, we want you to know we love you. And if anybody wanna know how to do it, go to Southern University and talk to Bakioko because he was doing STEM before STEM was STEM before STEM was cool. When it was SIM, when it was SMET, when it was, when National yeah. Science Foundation wasn't even talking about it. So Monica, that young boy come out there and say, look, come in here, they literally giving money away. Talk about your time at Southern and the challenges of getting a, phys a physics degree. One. Getting a physics degree is hard. Getting a physics degree as a woman is hard. Getting a physics degree as a black woman, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. You know, Dr. Mackey, that is an excellent point. Um, the mentorship and advisory of Dr. Bagioko is unmatched. There is none other. And you are right. He, I believe, is single-handedly responsible for the number of minorities that we have that have pursued careers and academic degrees in physics, period. Um, he made certain that the students coming out of the Timbuktu Academy were not only prepared, but that they were leaders coming from their institutions of higher learning. Um, it was a requirement in the Timbuktu Academy um, to perform research on a national, if not an international level as an undergraduate student. So by the time I graduated from Southern University with my bachelor's, um, I had published um, research in conjunction with Lawrence, uh, Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory and uh, UC Berkeley um, even before graduating. Um, and this was research that I performed in summer co-ops uh, in, in California at Lawrence Livermore my sophomore and junior years of undergraduate. And that research today is still relevant um, and it is published um, in international tables, published in 
Harvard website. So he, I, he set a bar and there was an expectation of this is where you begin. Mm. This is the expectation of greatness. Yes. Now, now I, I want parents to know this because I'll, you know, at STEM NOLA, at STEM Global Action, our goal is to bring uh, content and information to the community in a way, one, that they can digest it and also bring information that, that is absolutely applicable and real for them. I want the parents to know what, 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 what Monica Lee Foley is talking about. It still exists today. If your kid goes to college, if your kid say, hey, I want to major in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, literally NASA, uh, the department, especially the Department of Defense, and many corporations have pathways where your son or daughter can win scholarships and go to college for free. I mean, my story is I got four STEM degrees and I didn't pay for any of it. As a matter of fact, when I got out of college with my PhD, I had $100,000 in liquid assets. And people said, man, how could that happen? I said, because when I went to graduate school, they gave, it gave us a $1,500 stipend uh, per month. My two roommates and I, we moved in together. We, we split all the bills three ways. And literally, we were saving $8,000 a month each. We started investing, started challenging each other. And before you know it, we started making money. And we're like, man, this sounds crazy. But it is absolutely possible to do that today. And if you go to stemglobalaction.com website, we have the data center. We have all these different resources, parents. Well, you can start plugging your kid in in the first, second, third, fourth, even high school so they can have these opportunities that Monica Lee Foley uh, has so eloquently talked about how they influenced her career. That's so, phenomenal, Dr. Mackey. You know, I'm going to share that website with the students that I mentor and through some of the organizations that I'm working with because, you know, it's hard to become what you can't imagine, right? And some of, some of, some of our realities feel so far-fetched for children in our communities and they are not. You are literally placing them on the table and preparing the place for them to go and be able to accomplish whatever it is that they choose to and even beyond that. Some, some of those things that they have not even considered. Um, so thank you. Hats off to you for what you are doing for our children and for our community. As I said in the beginning, we need you. You are a necessary element in this, in this life force. So thank you for being who you are. Now, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now tell me this. Now what's your relationship with the astronauts? You'll be hanging out with astronauts and she won't tell a real. She just do, you know, they're gonna let you go to the moon one day because you know, you roll with the astronauts. Tell the young people about your role with the astronauts. <laughs> so I have a long history with astronauts. Um, when I was a flight controller working in the mission control, it was my responsibility to maintain a safe spacecraft where the astronauts live and work 24 seven on board the International Space Station. You know, we have um, at any given point from four to 11, depending on the expedition and the mission, uh, human beings living outside of the earth. It's been over 20 years since all the humans have lived together on earth, over 20 years. So if you are 20, 21 years old, you do not know life where all humans have lived on Earth because of the International Space Station. Hmm. Um, that's huge. That's when you think about it, that's huge. Um, and, and we go to explore to understand more about how we can influence the quality of life on Earth. That's the whole purpose and vision of NASA. That's why we're going back to the moon. That's why we're going to Mars, because if we can um, 
dig up, find, excavate some element that comes and is medicinal and can treat the diseases here. If we can learn how to create crops, which we do, how do we grow vegetables with limited soil um, and limited water resources? How do we create clean water from reclamated water, which is what we do on board the International Space Station? That technology transfers directly to humans here on Earth who have lack of fresh water and lack of um, soil for good crop yields. We share that technology as an agency with the American people and with the public in general to enable a better way of living. Now, now Ken, I'm gonna let you ask a question, but I'm just gonna say something because I wanna know how you feel about this, right? You know, Blue Origin and all these people going to lower atmosphere calling this space you know, yeah. and NASA did that in the 60s, you know, and we're celebrating them like they're doing something special. And, uh, you know, NASA been doing that. Uh, so, you know, kudos to NASA, right? I mean, it's okay. a good, you know, NASA been going to lower atmosphere. They're going to lower space. They ain't in lower atmosphere. I don't even call it space. But <laughs> I, <laughs> so how, do you, how do you feel about this, uh, you know, this commercialization and I do understand the, the need and I do understand what they're trying to do, but how do you feel about how they are marketing it like this is something new, all right? So, you know, I'm actually really excited about commercial crew programs and the privatization of space, which is what that is, right? right. Um, if you take, for example, the Blue Origin flight that just launched, there was one female, Audrey Powers. Audrey... Um, is a former daughter of NASA. We worked together in the mission control room together many, many years ago. Audrey left NASA, went off to law school and found that she missed her love for aerospace and then chose to go to the private sector. Audrey was allowed the opportunity to become a private astronaut, become an astronaut, whatever the label is, something that she very likely may not have experienced um, had she been working continuously as a civil servant through NASA. Saying that to say, the privatization of space and expanding the space economy um, to new entities and enterprises simply allows and affords for the opportunity for more exposure into space, regardless of how high or what um, nautical mileage they are accomplishing. It is providing access to others for space. And some little girl got to watch Audrey launch last week or two weeks that perhaps maybe if she remained at NASA, they would not have ever seen her go, right? And her story, which is a very powerful story as well. You know, and, and Dr. Mackey, you know, the federal government moves a little slower than what private industry is able to do, which is why we partner, it's not a competition. Um, we partner with commercial private entities such as SpaceX and people always say, you know, how do you, how do you feel about Elon and his company um, doing the thing that you guys have historically done? Um, he's, a, oh, he's a fierce competitor. Well, I'll tell you this. I don't know any company that pays a competitor to succeed. We pay SpaceX and those companies to develop human-rated spacecraft. So it is a partnership so that we have more opportunities to access space beyond the Soyuz spacecraft um, which we partner with uh, the Russian space agency for. So I am excited about commercialization of space because that just means we are growing that economy, which drives the need for more rocket scientists and more aerospace engineers and more mathematicians um, to enable this growth. And, and, and I'm so glad you brought up exposure, right? 
and your friend that went up, because I made a comment last week. I said, they're talking about colonizing the moon, and they haven't sent a brother up yet. So uh, if, if, <laughs> if Elon Musk is listening, if Jeff Bezos is listening, you know, I, if you send me up, you know, I'll be more than willing to come back and tell the young kids who look like me is a possibility. But if we got colonized the moon, I need to be one of those ships oh, so, I'll, so we'll know that we're in the future, man. <laughs> well, Dr. Man, I'm going to send you the requirements for NASA and you check all the boxes you think you will apply for and then we can have a conversation. But in the meantime, please know that NASA's mission is to land the first woman on the moon. Um, and we will land a minority on the moon. So this is a new era of space travel and space exposure, and you will see um, some diversity in these upcoming missions. At, you will see that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it might not be you, but it's going to be somebody. <laughs> I, I got to shoot my shot, right? My yeah. dad told me, if, 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 if you ain't at the table, you're on the menu. If, if, if you, <laughs> If you don't buy the lottery ticket, you cannot win. So I just want them to know if they're looking for That's a fearless right. soul. That's right. Just put it you know, out to, there. Go, to go up that side, Captain Kirk, and float around. <laughs> I, I, we'll I'm all in. About all that, and we'll we'll see how that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ethan have they have they found out a way to freeze drive gumbo yet? <laughs> freeze drive gumbo. <laughs> but you know, real gumbo eaters are so picky. You know, we are so finicky about that rule. You just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> Dr. Mackey will figure out a way to, to whip up a rule on, right. on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so, Monica, uh, tell me about one of the, we've talked a lot about the challenges and struggles that uh, young people of color face. And one of these, it seems like it's something that we can actually do something about. And that's with the normalization that these that STEM education and STEM careers are for us. Can you mm -hmm. talk about that? What are some ways that you think that we can help normalize this perception? This, this podcast and people like Dr. Mackey, these are your first steps. Mm. Um, these are living, breathing examples. They're not textbook examples. They are the real life, the real thing. Um, his journey um, to how he has shaped and become who he is with STEM NOLA and all of the other outreach that he's engaged in, this is the real deal, right? Um, and so we need more of him. We need more folks that have uh, come through the system and had great success um, to tell their story and to tell their truths. Um, we don't need to. We don't need to paint some fairy tale picture because it's not a fairy tale for anyone. This is. I always say this is not um, science fiction. This is science fact. Um, but this is a journey that can be accomplished if you work for it. There's, there's no free meals, right? Luck is lazy math. You gotta, you gotta put in the work to get it done, but it can be done. So are you excited for the future? Tell us about that. Absolutely. Um, you know, my nearly 25 year journey um, at the space agency, I've seen so much growth and I have actively worked to create more diversity in hiring um, and building of the frameworks of what our workforce will look like in the future. Um, I believe that as we get out and tell the story, as communications have changed from over the past 25 years, social media is a powerful tool, it's a powerful influence. 
um, that we can now utilize for when I was in elementary school in those formative years, there, there wasn't that to be told. Um, I could see Dr. Mae Jemison, um, but very few others that were a, a reflection of me doing the thing that I thought was one of the coolest and most amazing opportunities. Now you go to Facebook, you go to Instagram, you go to LinkedIn, and you can find them with a quick search. I think that's important. I think people need to realize that it's it's real and it's possible. Very good. Any closing thoughts, Dr. Mackey? Yes. Uh, you know, one first and foremost, thank you, Monica. Thank you for, for being you. Uh, thank you for being uh, transparent. Thank you for being authentic. And that's what our... That's what the world needs to see. Our little boys and girls need to see it, but everybody needs to see that. And that's why I really wanted to have you on here because uh, it is what it is. Uh, and our, our people and everyone needs to know that your authenticity, you can be who you are and still uh, ascend to other levels that, that, that you want to. Two, I definitely want to say something about NASA. Uh, I mean, Monica is, is at NASA. And I, if parents, uh, if you're looking for camps, if you're looking for education, go to nasa.gov or just Google NASA and education. And for years, NASA has been having, uh, giving out free information that, that parents can use, that educators can use in their classroom so that we can expose our kids to the possibilities uh, you know, of the 21st century. Uh, a couple of years ago, I won an award and I won an award with, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Charles Bowden. And I have my two sons, meet this astronaut, Charles Bowden, right? And have my sons talk to him. You know, I was like, this is like a dream come true. And I tell the parents, when you go to, everybody got to make that trip. You're a parent, you got to make that trip. And everybody make that trip down to Orlando to see Mickey. But if you go and see Mickey, when you get off that plane, instead of making that left to go see Mickey, make sure you go right and go spend some time at NASA Kennedy and expose your, your kids to NASA and astronauts. I mean, when you go there, you're gonna realize, maybe I'm paying Mickey too much because I could have got <laughs> a, an amazing experience at NASA Kennedy that will grow my kids in a way that Mickey Mouse never will. So thank you to Monica and thank you to NASA and thank you to the parents and the educators who committed to our children. Absolutely, Dr. Mackey. And, and if I may add to that, Parents, you are responsible for what your children are exposed to. You can't leave it to teachers and educators. They have your children for so many hours out of a week, out of a day in their classroom. You are, you are their greatest influence. If you tell them they can do it, they'll believe that they can do it. You have to teach them not to be confined by anyone's limited perceptions of who they are. You teach them who they are and then you enable that greatness. Wonderful. I love it. And you're right. KSC, Kennedy Space Center. Um, amazing, amazing public viewing. There's actually a space shuttle inside of the visitors complex. It's a phenomenal display. Disney helped to design it and you feel the greatness and the wonder when you walk in the room. So I, I echo that sentiment 100%. Thank you so much, Monica. And that's our time for this episode of Let's Talk STEM with Dr. Calvin Mackey. Please join us. Thank you again, Monica. We hope to have you back soon. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to a STEM Global Action Podcast. Through our STEM-based programming, we put students on a path towards quality jobs in science, technology, engineering, and math. Visit us at www.stemglobalaction.com. 
Until next time, let's keep talking STEM.